everybody. It's Ashley Gattuso with ARPU here for Subscription E-Commerce Live. We have John Irk from Rebuy with us today. I'm really excited. Just wanted to give you some ground rules before we um, start off. This is uh, recorded via Zoom. We pump it out to YouTube. We are in uh, whatever profile mode. What is that called? Speaker view. speaker view. Yes, we are in speaker view. So you are hidden um, from the eyes of YouTube if you want to be, but we'd love to encourage people to drop questions in the chat and um, raise your hand and let us know if you have a question. We'd love to bring you on or Seth or I can ask your question for you. This series is intended to feel like the meeting you want to go to, not a webinar, not a boring slide deck uh, uh, web webinar that feels like a demo, right? We've all been to those. Um, this is intended to bring subscription e-commerce sellers together to talk about strategies, growth, retention, customer experience, all of the things that um, we hold true as a company as being the like uh, North Stars that we want to, to be improving, et cetera. So just a quick this is brought to you by ARPU. We do not talk about ARPU during this session. Uh, we can answer questions at the end. We'll also stick around to answer or have John answer questions about rebuy if you have questions about software. So ARPU is um, an upcoming shipment notification that ties into recharge and allows you to have two click upsells and delays. So if you have questions about that, stick around at the end, we can address it. Without further ado, welcome to Subscription E-Commerce Live, John. Tell us about yourself and about Rebuy. Cool, yeah, appreciate it, Ashley. Um, fun to be here. So yeah, my name's John. I'm one of the co-founders of, of Rebuy. We launched our company back in 2017 uh, and we've created one of the fastest growing and most powerful personalization engines in the world of Shopify in particular. Um, so, a lot of people uh, are familiar with personalization engines and what they do and the power of them. I like to typically start out and then let people know, merchants in particular, that as a personalization engine, we're largely into upsells, cross-sells, and recommended products. And these things are commonplace in other industries, like in the food industry, for example. You know, if you're at a, a restaurant, the idea of upselling and cross-selling and making recommendations for, for your guests at the table, that, that sort of stuff is commonplace. It has been for a long time. It's not commonplace on the web, uh, but it's starting to pick up a lot of uh, traction because merchants and shop owners are starting to understand and see in the data uh, how big of a difference doing smart product recommendations at the right time and place and upsells and cross-sells have on both conversion rate and average order value, as well as just the overall experience that a customer has. Um, so if you think about like going into a restaurant and then just looking at a menu and then just ordering, you know, what you see right there, that's basic. That's how most websites are. And a great server will listen to what you're interested in give you recommendations, alternatives, upsell you, that sort of thing. And it creates a better experience for the customer and they get ultimately a better um, dinner, essentially. It may be a little bit more expensive, but it's going to be better and it's a win-win for everybody. So I saw a post on LinkedIn earlier today that reminded me of this conversation because it was about um, this guy went to a restaurant with someone 
and it was like a order it on the wall kind of situ- like mm-hmm. the, the menus on the wall and it said like you know you should order this this is really popular the best blah 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 in the city or something and the the way the situation turned out is the guy was like well I don't know if I should trust what, what you're telling me, right? Like as the restaurant. So I'm going to go on Yelp and read a four-year-old review and decide to order something different because it disagrees with that. So um, I think that prompts an interesting conversation that you would have a lot of insights into is the psychology of recommendation and what builds that trust and what are people most likely to trust when it comes to you delivering like a, Hey, if you like this, you might also like this, or if you've bought this, like you're teed up to, to also be open to this. Like what, what kind of things do you think about, um, when you're, when you're building that journey for the, the end user? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really up to the brand at the end of the day to create a feeling of trust between themselves and and the customer. And if you think about that restaurant, no restaurant um, that expects to succeed and thrive is going to recommend something on their menu as like a primetime recommendation that they think their customers might not like. That doesn't make any sense. They're going to recommend something that they're really, really proud of that they think the customer is going to love. Um, so I think a recommendation from the restaurant or, you know, the online store, um, as long as you have a reputable brand and you care about your customers, I think that that recommendation, whatever it may be, um, is going to be trustworthy and, and come off in the right way. Um, so I think that that's a baseline. You know, if that level mm-hmm. of trust isn't there and somebody lands on the homepage and there's a recommendation there and they're like, ah, I, I don't feel like this, you know, is, you know, the right product for me or this is some scammy high margin product that they're trying to push on me. I think that that's just an issue with the brand, not the idea of a recommendation. So um, brands that people care about and they, they love, they're gonna trust the recommendations, you know, whether it's um, you know, driven by the brand mm-hmm. itself or other customers. So I wanted to bring up that element. So in our platform, one of the things that makes Rebuy really super powerful is that we have something that we call data sources. And another way that we refer to it is we refer to them um, as rule sets. So the merchant can build these rule sets. And so they can say things like, if the customer has X in their cart and they don't have Y, recommend Y. So that would be an example where the intelligence is coming from the merchant. They know that, hey, if you have my, you know, let's stick with the food analogy. You know, if you're, if you're eating this dinner plate and you don't have this side that I know pairs really well with it, I wanna make sure I recommend that to you. So that would be like the intelligence and the recommendation coming from the merchant. So our system uh, enables that through our rules engine. The flip side of it, the analogy to close out at least conceptually, like the story that you told about the Yelp review is like, what do other customers like mm-hmm. on this menu? Uh, that would be what gets automatically surfaced by our AI based recommendations. So in very much the same way that a Tesla works, um, our also bot algorithm, which is one of the ones that you can connect to your widget works. So you can take the collective knowledge of all the shoppers that came before you. So again, so say you're getting like dinner dish A and like the people that go there all the time, you know, the one, the item that they buy with that is like, you know, side of fries. 
then like our system, you know, recognizes these patterns. And if you do a rule that says, if anything, return AI based recommendations, we're going to automatically surface the complementary products based on all the customers that came before you, not based on what the merchant programs. Mm -hmm. So you could take it, interestingly, like this step further, can you do um, what not to pair? <laughs> like you should not drink this wine with this dish because it will ruin the taste of the dish for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's interesting. <laughs> Typically, so if we think of like a scenario- Is where there recording... a e-com situation where- you... <laughs> um, It's pretty amazing how well the food analogy transfers to like beauty brands and clothing brands and, you know, a lot of, you know, non-food um, things that we all buy online. But okay, so the way that I would do that one is um, you can you can whitelist certain things. Like in e-com, a lot of people sell like uh, shipping insurance and stuff like that, and it's implemented as a product, so it shows up on orders. So it's like that's common in our system to like whitelist those because like it's it's not typically what you want to recommend in the cart. They're gonna sell that to you in the checkout anyways. So you can whitelist things so that our recommendation engine uh, or blacklist, I should say certain mm -hmm. products so they don't automatically get surfaced so we do have a solution for that in the case of like if you're getting people use collections a lot so another way uh to think about our system a lot of people are really familiar with Clavio, and Clavio does this amazing job of segmenting different groups of people based on properties and then targeting them with you know different personalized emails so what Rebuy does is we do a similar type of segmentation, but our segmentation happens in the online store based on what product the user is looking at, based on what products are in their shopping cart, that sort of thing. And so for your scenario, it's like, you don't want to recommend a white wine when somebody's about to, you know, when, when somebody has the state dinner in their cart, because those typically don't pair well together. So what you would do is you would, you would do a rule in our system that says, if the cart contains an item from the steak dinners collection, recommend a wine from the red wine collection. So you can use collections in our rules mm -hmm. engine, and then that's what controls your recommendations in cart or in checkout or on the product page. Um, and that way you get an awesome, you know, collection-based rule, which is super powerful. And then you, you don't accidentally recommend something that's not gonna pair well. Okay, so talk to me about the power of personalization in retention. Why, why does personalization lead to an impact retention? Yeah, I mean, the way that I think about it is, and, and I'll answer the retention uh, mm -hmm. question very specifically, but I just want to start at the the top end of the funnel, if you will. So a lot of times we think about a website at a high level, we think about a website as a funnel. You start on the home page, then you go to a product page, then you add something to your cart, then that cart goes to the checkout, and then you end up on the thank you page. Um, and then you want to retain that customer. So I just like to elucidate that when somebody's on your homepage, you know a little bit about them. You know that they are interested in your brand. Once they click or search or click on a collection and, and drill down and they land on a product page, you know a lot more about what they care about because they're looking at a particular product. So our app keys off that. Once they put that product in their cart, now you really know what they care about. So that's where our intelligent cross-sells in the cart, you know, play a, a big role. So once they put something in the cart, you know a lot more. Once they buy that item, you know a ton about the user 
in terms of what they care about. So personalization in the world of retention, in, in retention, you're, you're trying to get them to buy again. Um, they have voted with their credit card essentially, you know, in terms of what they care about. So you wanna do personalized product recommendations and personalized follow-ups based on what they bought. So one that we see is like, if they bought like a sample sized item, you should follow up, you know, seven days later. If they bought like a big jug of an item, you should follow up 30 days or 60 days later. If somebody bought a product, let's say just a regular sized product, and they bought it as a one-time, you should follow up. And if they're gonna buy it again, they should buy it on a subscription. Um, so there's so many things that you can do in terms of like the size of the product, the flavor that they bought, the size of shirt that they bought. These are all major, major signals about that person. And so when you follow up with them and do smart picks, you know, say in the ARPU email, you know, you wanna be, you know, doing items that, you know, recommending items that are complementary to what they already bought. That's actually one of our, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 I was glad you mentioned that because I was going to, to start talking about um, or get you to start talking about this idea of personalization in the subscription journey as being yeah. like, like it's even more relational, right? Than like that one-time purchase. So um, can you coach people on what they should think about in terms of, They've subscribed, they've renewed twice. How do you start getting them um, to add on different items that align with that initial interest? How does uh, being giving them custom personalized choices that are like driven by data help that relationship uh, last longer versus like breaking off? Like what, what impacts have you seen happen? in that scenario when it plays out? Yeah, so, okay, so let's take a company like Kettle and Fire, for example. They sell different types of bone broth and different types of flavors. And then depending on the person, you know, you, you're gonna have different preferences for different flavors because we're all unique in that respect. So when somebody subscribes um, the beef bone broth, which is one of their top selling products, you know that that person likes that flavor. And so, the, if you, like, I know this isn't a plug for ARPU necessarily, we're just open it's okay. but it's a great, it's a great example and use case of, okay, hey, three days before, you know, that their, their next shipment is going to auto ship for them. The personalization really kicks in big time right now because you know the customer and you know what they like because that's what they subscribe to. So that's when you want to use data to drive, like the people that like that beef flavor, what other flavors do they like? Um, and then let the data determine those recommendations. And then the reason that this is good is if they say, yeah, I'm going to add the, the chicken to my upcoming shipment, that flavor. Now you, for that next order, you've increased the average order value. That's great. Um, if they start getting sick of the beef flavor, they can cancel that subscription and let the chicken, chicken one, you know, ship for the next, you know, three months or like three weeks or whatever. Um, so you can the more products that you can in, recommend to a user um, and, and, and have them appreciate and say, yeah, I agree with that, your average order value is gonna go up and the length of the relationship with them uh, stands a great chance at, at going longer as well for the reason just outlined. They can cancel one and keep the recommended product. And that, you know what I mean? That way, that way they get um, 
yeah. So you can increase AOV and like customer lifetime value by you know making a great product recommendation. I think the bad analogy is that it's like you're dating someone and you're like, I don't know if I really like this anymore. And they're like, well, I can change. I can be, <laughs> I can be this now, <laughs> right? Like you fundamentally still like me. Like you just want a different flavor of me. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, like I think that goes back to the brand. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if you have products that your customers love, you're you're building a great company. You know what I mean? If mm -hmm. you know, we can't, you know, if it's a bad product or something that people like just don't care for, it's not gonna work out long term. How do you feel about subscriptions? Um, this is a good conversation we had with Eli at Alipop and like servicing subscriptions and when you should. Um, I would think you have a lot to say about that, considering like you can make recommendations off of a one-time purchase and like when, when in the flow, is it right to say like, Hey, you like this, you should subscribe. Yeah. I think you have two major opportunities. I mean, there, there are people that, um, see the value in a subscription immediately. And then there are people that are skeptical to the subscription and they just want to try it out one time, no commitment. And then if they like it, they would consider subscribing. So I think you have like these two groups. So it's like, we've focused really heavily at Rebuy on the subscription segment of e-commerce and we, we're one of Recharge's top tech partners. And we've seen a lot of success driving a ton of value for these types of brands. So the typical flow, that you should be aware of if you're running a subscription business is you've got a new user, they're looking at a product page, they have a choice. They can either buy the one time or they can buy the subscription upfront. You know, the value to the subscription upfront is they're gonna get the convenience to auto ship if they like it and that sort of thing, but it's the subscribe and save. So save 10%, 15, 20% if you buy it as a subscription. Now, a lot of people will, you know, they'll go for that. A lot of people will say, no, the subscription feels like too much of a commitment. I'm going to have to remember to cancel all these feelings that people get. And they're like, no, I just want to buy it one time. So a lot of people use merchants, use our product to upsell them to the value of the subscription when they click add to cart. So if you, our, our app, Rebuy, can, it's called an add to cart triggered pop-up. And we upsell them to the subscription. So if they, if they say, hey, I want to add the one time, if you build a rule in our system, it and that rule matches, it triggers a pop-up and it says, you know, basically we're, you know, uh, subscribe and save. And it gives you more real estate to sell you the value of that subscription. They can say no thanks and just the one time goes in or they can take it. Um, so you have a chance to sell them a subscription. Our app does a good job at giving you prime time real estate to sell the value of that upfront. Okay, now let's say the user says, no, I don't want that subscription. I just wanna buy it one time. Cool. It shows up in our system. And then we have uh, automated order follow-up and a customized landing page. So uh, one of the big things that we do is we turn one-time uh, customers into repeat buyers. And so that's your opportunity. It's like, if they bought them one time and they're not gonna buy it again, you're not gonna sell them the subscription, it's over. They buy the one time and they're gonna buy it again. Now's your chance to sell them the subscription. And so Rebuy has a flow through our, uh, or our personalized order landing page. We have a rebuy email. So like 30 days after you order the one time, we'll send you an email saying, hey, we hope you enjoyed your order. Click here if you wanted to buy it again. That puts you on our personalized landing page. 
And then from that landing page, you can buy it as a one-time again, if you want, or you can buy it as a subscription. And, and that's your second major opportunity to sell that subscription. Okay, so I'm gonna get like data nerd kind of honest here and ask, um, have you looked into whether the people who start subscription from their first purchase, uh, like what is their churn in relation to people who go through that one-time buy then subscribe? Oh, I bet it would be, I, I don't have the exact data, but I know a lot of people try to game the subscription uh, system and they'll go, yeah, I'll do a subscribe and save. And as soon as my order goes through, now I'm going to cancel my subscription and I just save myself, you know, 15 or 20 bucks or whatever. So <laughs> there are a lot of people. Recharge has settings that merchants can use um, to try to control that, prevent that. Um, but it's just, it's commonplace for people right. to buy the subscription, get the deal, cancel it, and then you know, they just save them, themselves some money. So uh, people that are that bought the one time and, you know, are buying it a second time as a subscription, their churn, I would have to imagine, is much, much lower uh, for said reason. I hear a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I have two beautiful baby girls. Yes, that's my 10-month-old. She just got home. Wonderful. Me. We're very real at Subscription and Commerce Live. Um, yeah, totally. I have something interesting to ask you about. Uh, we're gonna get into Q4, um, but first, I thought it was interesting that you do have a merchant and developer history. And I wanted you to tell us just a little bit about setting a Guinness World Record. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it was one of my first forays into being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, so this is back around like 2004, 2005, which is a crazy long time ago now. Um, give me one sec, sorry. Um, no my, box, my boxer dog wanted uh, to leave my office. Um, <laughs> find out what's going on out there. So um, yeah, so a long time ago at this point, and you know, my dad's been a water chemist for ton, like basically his whole career and many, many years. And so he helped develop a better bubble solution for making super like big bubbles, like large soap bubbles. Um, mm -hmm. And then I was like, hey, you know, growing up, everybody always asked us, like we'd be just using it, doing different formulas in the park, just having fun as a family. And people would always come up to us and they go, where'd you get that bubble solution? That's awesome, these bubbles are amazing. And then we, we'd be like, oh, well, we could tell you the formula, but then like, we'd have to kill you because it's like, secret you know it's like bushes bank beans <laughs> right exactly so then i don't know we just had kind of fun with that it's our secret formula and that when i went to college around that time frame um i i was just like dad hey uh people were always asking us where we could get this stuff like we should create a supply i.e like a business because everybody was always asking for it so then we launched a company called extreme bubbles and then i did a bunch of cold calling so i started out as a merchant before i i got into the tech space um and so I did a bunch of cold calling to toy stores. And I was like, hey, we, we, we have like this awesome bubble solution for making super large soap bubbles. You're going to love it. Your customers are going to love it. And they'd be like, that's bullshit. You're trying to sell me really expensive soap. It's just regular soap. And you're marking it up by like a ton. No thanks. We can just make this stuff at home. So I was like, wow, what the hell? No, this is really good. Um, it's different. It's really good. So then 
in business school, they were always talking about, you gotta have a competitive advantage, some like distinct, valuable, like differentiator. Um, and I was like thinking, I'm like, well, geez, if we set a Guinness World Record using our special formula, then I'll be able to call these toy stores back and say, hey, I've got an awesome product. I've got a Guinness World Record setting bubble formula. And we set the, you know, the world record for the largest free floating soap bubble with our special formula, your customers are gonna love it. And as soon as we set the world record using our formula, as soon as I picked up the phone again, I called them back, it was like literally like a 100% success rate in terms of like closing those sales. Um, and so we did, and then our business like totally took off, you know, to a degree that we hadn't experienced to date. So that was, that's the backstory on that. And nice. we were actually running on Zencart uh, at the time and then did a migration to Shopify. That's how I got exposed to Shopify in like the mid 2000s mm -hmm. um, and loved it, you know, you know, from day one, basically it was like, wow, we can have a beautiful looking website easily. The Zencart one just looked really bad and our Shopify one looked awesome. Um, at the time, I, it'd be fun to have a time machine of what it looked like, you know, back then, it's probably not that cool looking now, but it was really cool looking at the time. Anyway, so we were fans of Shopify from day one. And then I kind of went, um, I, I kind of stopped working on that business. I was like, okay, dad, you can like work on this. I'm going to work on other stuff. And I just got really into the tech space and was super inspired by Facebook at the time, again, mid 2000s, and then got into software development. Okay, so I wanted to like, poorly use the pun and my team will laugh at me because I was going to say like oh I'm going to say it but I'm positioning it as if like I have decided not to but it's so bad it's good kind of thing um I was going to go from like bubble tension to retention yeah it's bad it's really bad um but <laughs> this is what it's like to work with me um but I kind of wanted to talk about uh Tactics for Q4, especially for subscription sellers. If you had to recommend like, hey, it is September 8th, is it the 8th? And Black Friday's coming, Cyber Monday's coming. They, they're selling one-time purchase and they're also selling subscription. Like, what do you think sellers should be doing to increase subscription purchases? this holiday season? Um, my honest recommendation would be to sell a prepaid subscription because during the holiday season, a lot of people are shopping for other people, of course, mm -hmm. and buying gifts. I think it's unrealistic to buy my brother-in-law a subscription to socks that is you know, indefinite in nature. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just gonna buy your socks for the rest of your life or whatever, or just like, cancel it on them like in July or something going wait why'd you cancel it you know like it's just kind of awkward to buy somebody I I'm sure it can work in certain circumstances maybe but I did a prepaid subscription I think it was a 12 month six month or 12 month subscription to socks to my brother-in-law and then that was epic because it's like it's the gift that keeps on giving um you know and you buy the six month thing so when it ends I mean the, the gift ends it, it just makes a ton of sense if you want to sell subscriptions during the holiday season, take the time to get your prepaid subscriptions um, configured um, and then sell those. And then that way you can sell six pairs of socks and it, you know, drips out over six months and it's this really cool gift that you can get for people. So that's what I'd say. The sell subscription 
sell prepaid subscriptions to people who already have subscriptions who want to share. I mean, that. I would just sell it to brand new customers, you know? To everyone. I yeah. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, what am I going to get my brother-in-law this year? Okay, cool. Some cool socks would be good. And then I did some Googling went on some websites and then I could get them like a six month prepaid subscription. So I had a known price, you know, but it, it was like cooler than a regular gift because it kept giving for like, you know, all the way into June or whatever. Were these fancy socks? No, I mean, they're just like, um, kind of like a super basic tube socks, you know, but they got like all sorts of different patterns and colors. And I love that you've got your brother socks. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little bit jealous. I'm like, I should have got some for myself too. Cause I'm like, Hey, this present is pretty cool. If you ask me, but, and, and he, I think he agreed. Um, nice. but it was fun. It was a good gift. I'll nice. Again. Any other Q4 advice? Um, especially with this kind of interesting COVID part to holiday season and yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the world I'm coming from, like where I focus is, you know, in this personalization space, of course. And, you know, people love recommendations, you know, year round. We went over some examples at the beginning of our conversation. Um, I think people love recommendations, um, especially in Q4 when they're shopping for other people. So you might find out that, hey, you know, I've got an avid camper in my family. I'm going to go to Patagonia. I'm going to, you know, because I know that they have nice outdoor gear. But then you land there and you might feel like, ah, what should I actually get them? Um, so I think that brands really should take a hard look at, at integrating recommended products into their website. Prime locations are homepage, product page, cart, uh, checkout. Because um, people love recommendations year round, but it's especially important when you're shopping for other people, people really appreciate them. Um, and then for the subscription brands out there, um, Vita uses our product really well in the recharge checkout, where if you're gonna buy a uh, bracelet box, and it can be a prepaid one for, uh, you know, um, a family member, let's say, then our product, Rebuy, integrates with the Recharge Checkout, and you can offer and recommend one-time add-ons. So for that first time it delivers, you can, you know, you can go to go to Pura Vida, find the subscription box, put it in your cart, go to the checkout, and that's where you'll see Rebuy, and we're the one, we're the app that's making one-time add-on recommendations mm -hmm. in checkout. So, you know, for my brother-in-law, I could have got him the sock subscription. Had they used our product in checkout, they could have said, you know, get him a pin that says, you know, next year's going to be even better or something. I don't know what it would be, but I'm trying to make the COVID thing, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you could do something fun that makes sense to, as an add-on, a one-time add-on would be cool. So I, I have a, like a news a magazine background. But it was also like at the same time you were making bubbles um, or talking bubbles. And we always, you know, like digital was becoming a thing. Gift guides were becoming a thing. And I think um, there's been so much talk lately about how marketers should start acting like um, media groups and putting out content and kind of becoming the news for your industry. I think I could take that and parallel it with e-commerce is to, to put together 
personalized guides for the people who are coming through your site, like become known for making good recommendations. Um, I don't think I had anything further to add to that beyond like it was always funny to try to like find gifts for the gardener in your life or the whatever. Like now we have a great idea with hair plants, but that, that wasn't always there. Um, people who are here who have questions, I would love to ask you to drop them in the chat or ask them out loud. I can keep going. Um, but, uh, this is for you. So if you have questions, please, please drop them in. Um, we have about 10 minutes left. Um, something else I wanted to ask about is the messaging that you use with recommendations and what you would advise people do and don't do, because I personally like to have things recommended to me but I don't like to feel like someone's creeping on me, right? Like, I don't like, like we saw you looking at this and we're always trying to chase you around kind of messaging. So mm -hmm. what, what kind of best tips do you give to people when they're, they're using Rebuy to recommend products in different places? Because I know it's going on in the checkout and it's going on emails, et cetera. Yeah. Um, well, I always tell my team that arguably the most important thing when it comes to a, a recommendation is, is the product that you're recommend, recommending. Um, and I think that that's fairly obvious, fairly straightforward. You've got to have a great product recommendation at the right time and place. But the second element and, and a super, I would almost say probably underutilized element of our product is that you can control the messaging with those rules too. So this rules engine that I've been talking about, you can plug it in, you can you connect these widgets to a rules engine and then you, you plug that widget into your site. So let's talk about like a shopping cart is a perfect example. So you, you can do something that says like, I'll do like a, a hoodie example and then you know falls around the corner. So you might wanna wear like a traditional sort of beanie with it. So if somebody, if you're on a clothing website and you, you, you say add the cart on the hoodie that you like and the cart flyout comes out, um, not only can you recommend, you know, use our system, our system would say, you, you do a rule that says like, if the cart contains hoodie, you know, recommend the beanie. But we, we covered that. But you can also say, if that rule matches, you can set the widget title too. So you, what that, instead of just saying like, you may also like or recommend it, you can say things that like specifically that says like matches hoodie, you know, or pairs well with hoodie or, you know, um, you know, keep your head warm too, you know? So you can do like personalized messaging based on which rule matches in our system. And then that flows through the widget is the title or the subtitle or even the CTA, the call to action on the add to cart button. You can control all the, all that language and, and brands have a ton of fun with this too. Cause like, yeah. if you're just saying like, you may also like or recommend it, sure, it's a great default, but it's like brands that understand, you know, how to use our product. They get so excited about this cause they can put like fire emojis in there. Like for example, like if you, I was just on the call the other day and they, they were selling like lots of different um, hot sauces. And so it's like, if you had a hot sauce in there, like th then the rule title would like put more fire emojis and they, they'd say like, you know, 
add more fire to your cart. You know, but if they're if they they wouldn't have that that title if the user was just getting like olive oil, something that's not spicy. So like mm -hmm. the the language elements of our product are really super exciting when you understand how you can like you know frame the language around the rack. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's fun to see in practice. I I tend to when I get on a site that delivers custom messaging like that, spend more time on the site because I'm so impressed that I want to test and see what they have customized and what they haven't. But I think like as a, as a consumer, the more understood you feel, but not like invaded, mm -hmm. like the better. So like, yes, keep your toes warm too. That works. Not like we saw you looking at this come right. back kind of like, like, I think that that's more relational, um, especially if you're pointing it towards like the like other thing you might need to solve the problem or to tie up this kind of fixation with hot sauce or like whatever product yeah. you're well, selling. Constantly Very Gear does a really cool job of this. It's like, if you put like, you know, a shirt in, in your shopping cart, they'll, they'll say, hey, you need shorts too. Well, that's a rule that matches if the, if the cart doesn't contain anything from the shorts category, that rule matches. And then, then they do the title and they say, hey, you need shorts too. You add the shorts and they're like, hey, you need socks too. So it's like the merchant can both program their own ideas or leverage data. Um, and then basically they can be sleeping at night and their website can be truly intelligent, just like a person in a restaurant would be. You know, you express interest in this appetizer and then they key off of that, right? Our app does the same thing. So depending on like what you have in your cart, you know, we key off of that and the, pro and the merchant can program all this stuff. They can be sleeping at night. The website's intelligent and changing the messaging and the products and everything based on what you do or don't have in your cart and, and all over the website. It's, it's really pretty cool once you get, when you see it in action. Any recommendations for companies that sell products that maybe like, making that connection to why you would want the the other things they sell um is tougher like like if they're selling i don't know something like lotion for my face and they're telling me like i might also want lotion for my feet kind of thing like i can see the connection there but like do you have any products like that or, or experiences like that where like they've found some things more successful than others? Um, I was working with a merchant where they thought they knew better than the data. And so they were programming all their own rules. Okay, if they have this in their car and not this, recommend this. And they had put together an extensive rule set. And then they reached out and they said, hey, our ROI on the product's not that great. And we have an ROI promise and all this uh, like money back guarantee, all this cool stuff. So but I'm like, okay, well, let's just do a consultation. So I spun up a Zoom with them and I'm like, let's just simplify this and we'll save your rule set over here, but let's create a new one. And the rule is gonna be, if anything, have rebuy make the recommendation based on historical sales data. So let the data dictate the recommendations. If anything, um, rebuy recommendations, save connected that to the checkout widget. And then overnight their, their add-on sales exploded in a very material way. And their ROI on our product just like went like 20X, like basically overnight, let it run for a month. Um, and then, so that's a, I think a great example that 
sometimes brands can overthink it and they can think they know what the customers want or what pairs well together, but actually the customers oftentimes know best. And so if you can leverage like the shopping behavior of all the customers that came before the current one, um, that can be a very, very smart thing to do. And it's super easy to set up. It's the easiest rule in the world. If anything, let rebuy do the recs. And then we do it automatically, zero config, and it works really well. Cool. Yeah. So in terms of um, intelligent recommendation, what would you recommend to somebody who's just starting to do this? Like who is like, oh, we want to add that to what we do. What's, what's like a step one, like getting started? Yeah, um, you know, if, if you're running Shopify Plus, step one is to install Rebuy, click online store, click Shopify Plus checkout, and then click install. And within two minutes, you're going to get intelligent product recommendations directly in the checkout um, in literally like two minutes, like even including the install flow. Um, so I would just get smart recs in your checkout and you're immediately going to uh, increase your conversions. People... People, people wonder, we have actually data that shows that when somebody adds something in checkout, they're four times more likely to complete that checkout. Um, we don't have data that, that shows that that is a, brings a drop in conversion. We have data that shows that that massively increases your average order value, um, which has a huge impact when you look at annual sales figures. So anyways, that's like a two minute couple of clicks and then you're doing smart recs in checkout. So you can do that if you're on plus today. Um, if you're not on plus and therefore cannot edit your checkout page, then I would say install rebuy, flip on uh, what we call rebuy smart cart. And it's a cart replacement, no matter what theme you're running on, our, our, uh, our cart knows how to overtake that other cart and replace it. And then when you click add a cart on a product page, you get a beautiful slide out. You can set a free shipping you know, threshold indicator. You can say like, unlock free gift at $50. You can do all the cool messaging rules that we talked about. Um, you can do smart product recommendations in that cart. Um, and that's another couple of clicks, zero dev. And you have a like arguably one of the best shopping cart looking and functioning shopping carts um, in the Shopify ecosystem powered by rebuy in a matter of clicks with no dev, uh, including smart recs integrated by default. Okay, so those are the getting started things for people who are just getting started with something like that. What about for people who have subscriptions going and want to take it next level and, and have it playing into the, the subscription model? Yeah, perfect. Um, great question. So our original feature was a rebuy email. 30 days after somebody buys a one-time product, we send them an automated email saying, hey, we hope you enjoyed your order. Click this button if you want to buy it again. Okay, well, something that always bugged me is that we couldn't use that feature for subscription orders because the next order is going to be automated anyways. Mm -hmm. So like that, we always had to segment on, on order tags. And if it contained a tag called subscription on that order, we would skip it because we would assume the next one is going to be automated anyways. So then, you know, shortly after, you know, seeing how this all works out in the, the wild world of Shopify out there and all these millions of merchants and stuff, um, we're like, wait, we can do the rebuy email for subscriptions. We just have to listen for cancels. So we did an integration with Recharge. And so you can install rebuy. If you're a heavy subscription brand with a single product event, you can install uh, rebuy, connect Recharge, and then we will listen for canceled subscriptions. 
and then we will get people to uh, rebuy their subscription. So basically when somebody cancels, Recharge sends our app rebuy a, a message and we put them into a win back queue. And then you can build it campaigns in our system. Like 30 days later after they cancel, automatically send them a beautiful looking email that asks them if they want to reactivate their subscription. Um, so I would definitely, that's like a subscription best practice. We're one of the only apps that does it and we're arguably the best provider of it in terms of just a turnkey, set up your campaign and automate your subscription win backs. People cancel, hits our app, we wait 30 days, it's configurable and you can do multiple and they get an email missing your subscription, click your, if you'd like to reactivate. Total best practice, put that on Rails, automate it, forget about it. And then, you know, win back on a long-term ongoing basis, you know, subscribers that you've lost, get them to resubscribe in an automated fashion. Very cool. Well, I'm not seeing any questions. We have run past time. Um, my last question for you is what has been your, aside from socks for your brother, what has been your favorite subscription that you've ever gotten? Whether you bought it for yourself or someone gave it to you. Mm. Um, socks really is the big winner. So I'm disappointed that you're not letting me use that. <laughs> um, dog food. Uh, I don't have a subscription for dog food, but that would be a, a pretty solid one. I could switch that to a subscription. That'd be pretty epic for my boxer moves. Okay. We will, we will note that. Seth, can you put that in the file? Um, <laughs> you know, the RPO recharge relationship nitty gritty file that we have. Yeah. Um, thank you everyone who came today. We didn't have a lot of people asking questions, but I know we have a lot of people learning and we hit a lot of replays after the fact. So I'll be pulling some content together and sharing that with you. I really, really, really appreciate you joining us today, answering questions about personalization and recommendation. I think that um, subscription sellers rely on those tactics or should be relying on those tactics to really expand what it is that they do and, and stand out in kind of a sea of same that's out there and have those competitive advantages. So anything you would like to ask our crowd before you leave, I'd like to open the floor for you to ask a question for, for either us at ARPU or the audience if you want some feedback on anything. Um, there was one more thing that I wanted to share, and uh, that's, that, that's the idea that we are an omni-channel personalization engine, and so everything is built on our own API, and this is a big deal for subscription brands. So we talked about how through Rebyte, you can bring Rex to the recharge checkout. You can bring, that's one channel. Uh, it's independent from the theme. It's, it's its own channel, the recharge checkout. Uh, ARPU, which you know, is your guys' company, does the upcoming, you know, three days before your shipment. Uh, Rebuy has an integration with ARPU. So you can use our AI to do smart, or rules to do smart product recommendations based on what the user is currently subscribed to. And then a third context that you can bring smart product recommendations to is the recharge uh, panel, like the, the customer portal, people refer mm -hmm. to it as. So that's where you, you know, you've got a user, they're logged into the website, they're looking at, I'm currently subscribed to this, 
you can use Rebuy. It takes some custom development work, but we have an API and you can bring our widgets in there, um, but some custom dev, but you can basically be our rules engine, including the AI to the uh, recharge portal. And that's another monster place to engage with your customers and, and do personalized recs. That, that sounds exciting to me. I'm excited to see what this season brings in terms of um, e-commerce, because I feel like everyone like jumped on a bandwagon last year, like all our, our new e-commerce people. So they have a chance this year to kind of start refining um, some of the, the strategies that they employed last year and to get really personal which is what we build this as, is um, that you are going to get personal. I appreciate it. I'm sure everyone else does. We have some thank yous in the chat right now, if you haven't read them, um, saying that these are great and they appreciate the insights. So we all appreciate how personal you made this for us. Is that better than the attention retention? Yeah, okay, thank you. 